story, stories, double crosses, and swerves. Pro wrestling history nerds. During the previous episode, we discussed Evan Strangler Lewis's match against Jack Wannick. Well, it turns out this was a mistake. His name was Jack Wannup, with a P. It was a rare case of me reading a book, making a note, and not double-checking other sources. Oops, lesson learned, moving on. When I found out his correct name, I found out more about the man, the match, and the aftermath, and wanted to explore it further in this minisode. Jack Wannup, with a P, first appears in the historic record-winning Cumberland-style wrestling tournaments beginning in 1876 in New Cross, London. His skill and fame at the time rivaled Tom Cannon, whose name is much more recognizable to wrestling historians today. Wannup was set to take on Tom Kennedy in 1883 for a major English wrestling championship. But despite massive promotion, it barely drew a crowd. Worse, after an hour of wrestling, Kennedy got into an argument with a referee and stormed out of the building, leaving the crowd enraged. Wannup was well-known and well-liked, being engaged professionally as a carpenter and as the local wrestling and boxing instructor. In 1888, he set sail for America to face off against Evan Strangler Lewis. Wannup was billed as the champion of England, which he was not. In fact, the title was being established by a match between two other men while Wannup was stateside. Strangler Lewis's vicious ring tactics, as we explored over the last two episodes, had drawn the attention and the ire of the mayor of Chicago, who insisted the stranglehold, which is now called a guillotine, be banned in the match. The mayor also forced the promoter and the wrestlers to forego their $1,000 guarantees and agree upon a 75-25% split in the winner's favor to ensure a fair, legitimate match. Wannup entered the ring wearing white wrestling tights, looking to be in fantastic shape and having a solid 20 pounds on the strangler. It didn't help him for a second. Wannup appeared out of his depth almost immediately, and it wasn't helped by the many helpings of liquid courage he had before his match. Lewis finished him in the first fall with a slam that planted both of Wannup's shoulders on the canvas. He vanished backstage between rounds and returned in trunks, having removed his tights. Whatever advantage he thought this might provide never appeared, as Strangler Lewis steamrolled him two more times, leaving Jack Wannup bleeding from his mouth, nose, and ear. The Sporting Life's New York special correspondent said it plainly. Wannup was nearly killed. The Galena Gazette was less kind, printing... What a shame that England should send over such a duffer to wrestle in this country. Later on, Wannup would claim that he was afraid to win, fearing that Lewis's Chicago mob friends would do him harm, which is an excuse I will now use for every failure I experience. Jack Wannup would spend the next year in America concentrating on boxing, with mixed results. During one match, someone in the audience yelled, Police! And his opponent hopped out of the ring and ran out of the building. Remember, Boxing was illegal in most states at this point. And during another boxing match, a drunk audience member set the ring on fire mid-round. Upon his return to New Cross, he was greeted as a returning hero, despite his numerous losses in America. He was admired as a man daring enough to fight anyone, anywhere, no matter how badly outmatched he might be. Wannup's Boxing and Wrestling Gymnasium opened in 1891 and became a popular social hub for young men in the area. After working in factories all day, they flocked to Wannups for beer and a fight by night, including, in 1892, to see a local man named Tom Thompson wrestle a donkey from Deptford called Steve. Deptford, I have to assume, is known for their tough donkeys. Thank you for listening to this mini-sode. This is Nick from Pro Wrestling History Nerds. We'll talk to you next time. 